0: Morning Jubilee. Um, hope that you are all doing well, and uh, I'm excited about um, being able to to contribute to this series in James and that we've been looking at. And uh, so we're going to 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 get straight into it. Just the main theme then that James is writing about in uh, in today's passage is the Word of God, and. Uh, the word of truth as he describes it is is the gospel it's the message of salvation and so we're going to look at that and our passage today is chapter one of James verses 19 through to 25 Um, but I'm going to start reading a couple of verses earlier and as I do that as I read from verse 16 I'd like you to note how many times um, James uses the word word okay so that's the that that's the plan so here we go verse 16 of James chapter 1 do not be deceived my beloved brethren every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above with whom there is no uh, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow in the exercise of his will he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve or produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls but a doer who acts. This man will be blessed in what he does. I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we come before your word now and we pray that we would be people who hear, receive and do your word. Father, we pray that as we look at this passage, you would open it up to us by your Holy Spirit and uh, that you would transform us, Father, we pray. That's our desire is to look increasingly like you, Jesus. Amen. So it's clear then from what James says that the word of God is really important. The word is this perfect gift coming down from the father of lights. Um, It brings life to us. It gives wisdom to us. It's the word of truth and it's the message of salvation. James goes on in verse 25 to describe it as the perfect law, the law of liberty. I think we should be a little bit surprised at that phrase this juxtaposition of law and liberty next to each other and that's what he says the word of God is like the law of liberty but actually when we see that the scriptures express and reflect the very nature of God to us it's no wonder that they're perfect and it's no wonder that it leads us into freedom and that's where we're heading today And so in today's passage, James doesn't just seek to describe the word. Instead, he lays down a challenge for his hearers and for his readers. And the challenge is this. How are we going to respond to the word? Ultimately, you see, he wants to see the word shape and change us so that we bear fruit. And to do that, he outlines three stages. Hearing the word receiving the word and doing the word so we're going to look at those in turn so first of all hearing the word in verses 19 and 20 he says everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of god and this kind of quick slow slow is is really important and kind of is the opposite of of how society usually works actually at the moment um, but the ancient philosophers knew this, this kind of quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. So people like Zeno, and I think, to be honest, mums down through every century of history have said, we've got two ears, we've got one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you speak. Certainly I had a mum who uh, said something like that to me fairly frequently. And Why is that? Well, hearing is so important. It's how we learn it's how we develop and it's difficult to hear if you're speaking and so James says to us we've got to be quick to hear there should be a readiness to us a readiness to listen to the truth and many many things will compete and clamor for our attention but we've got to tune into the word and listen to the word of truth but not only are we going to be quick to hear we also have to be slow to speak got to take care with our responses over the coming weeks we will see james go on to warn about the deadly dangers of the uncontrolled tongue let me give you a flavor of that verse 6 of chapter 3 and the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity the tongue is set among our members as what, as that which defiles our entire body and sets on fire the course of our whole life and is set on fire by hell I mean, it's pretty brutal language about this little thing here, this tongue. We need to be very, very careful before we create an environment for giving any leeway at all to the tongue. And so it's not okay, for example, to say, well, I'm an external processor, and then use that as an excuse for just speaking unthinkingly. It's not okay to say, no offence but, and then launch into really hurtful things which are offensive. And it's really difficult, I think, in our climate to do this when social media, and I'm thinking particularly of Facebook and, and Twitter, where the use of that to fire off quick responses is so prevalent, so easy to voice your opinion and it goes out into a vacuum. But when it's voiced without care, where there's a lack of tone because it's written rather than spoken, where there's no consideration for consequences and impact of what we say, whether written or spoken. That's not a good place for us to be. The tongue is dangerous and we need to be slow to use it, slow to speak. In the light of James's instructions here, our use as Christians of social media should look different. Social media, I think, is absolutely ripe for being exactly like this, quick to hear and slow to speak, because there's the opportunity to draft a response, to reread it and consider it before we post it, to check out the facts before publishing, and to think about how it will make the readers and recipients feel. Why don't we be a people who redeem social media? So that it looks more like this quick to hear, slow to speak, and then slow to anger, he says. And he, he very simply gives a reason for this. He just says, The anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God, doesn't bring us to that. And so, if we're to fully embrace the word of God, the starting point is that we must create space to hear. And we do that by being quick to hear, slow to speak. And slow to anger and that attitude that temperament will set us on a path to bringing about a righteous life so that's the first thing that james says about hearing the word of god this if hearing though is about creating space to listen to the word he then says well next you've got to receive the word in verse 21 so he says therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness In humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. I love that. This word is able to save your souls. When we hear the word properly, we must then be ready to receive it humbly and allow it to be planted deep inside us so that it can grow. But in order to do that, we need to clear out our lives so that we're ready to receive. And James's metaphor here, a picture of growth, you'll notice the birthing that was mentioned earlier, and now we've got the implanted word for growing. It reminds me of the parable of the sower, that well known parable. So in Mark chapter four, you'll probably know the story, but the sower goes out to sow the seed. And it lands on these four types of soils. You've got the path, and then the birds come and take it away, you've got the rocky soil where there's no depth to the soil and so it springs up and then withers. You've got the thorny soil where it grows up but it's choked because of the thorns and then you've got the good soil which produces the fruit. And the parable is all about how the seed is received and Jesus in his explanation, I wish he did this for all his parables, but We've we've got it for the sower. Um and he uh, in verses fourteen through to twenty he says the sower sows the word, the message of salvation goes out. And then it's all about how it's received because actually each of those soil types, the path, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good soil, all of them are described as hearing the word. All of them here. The seed goes out, the word goes out, all of them here but only some of them receive it, and only one of them goes on to produce fruit, which James will describe as doing in a bit. It's a bit of a challenge to us. What sort of soil is there in our hearts? How do we receive this word then? Because we all hear but how do we receive it well? And James helps us. He says we must put away sin he says put aside all filthiness in verse 21 and all that remains of wickedness it means that we've got to dig up the pathway it means that we've got to clear out the rocks it means that we've got to rip out the weeds the thorns so that all the soil is good soil so that the seed can land it can be heard it can be received and then it can go on to produce fruit. We have to be people who are absolutely ruthless with sin. We heard about temptation from Rob the other week, and verse 15 of chapter 1, I'm just going to read it again to us, then when lust is conceived it gives birth to sin, when sin is accomplished it brings forth death. That's what sin does. Sin leads to death. What James is describing here is that the word heard rightly, received well, brings life because it's implanted in us. It's always possible to justify sin, always easy to rationalise sinful behaviour. Oh, it's, you know, I, I, I don't declare all my earnings, all my takings, because... Then I don't pay tax on everything. And that means that I can keep the cost down for my customers and they can't afford the full price. Or it's only a little lie. Won't hurt anyone. He really did deserve that, to be honest. No, and it's it's the subtle things that, that the enemy gets in and he twists things and enables us to rationalize and justify sinful behavior. And that's because the enemy wants to snatch away the word. So we've got to have hearts that are ripe for planting, hearts that are open to receive the word and implant it into us. So we've got to hear well, we've got to receive well, but then we've got to do it as well. And for the rest of the passage, James talks about being doers of the word. I don't know about you, but since lockdown, I've never spent as long or as much time looking at myself as I have in these last few weeks. Video meetings at work, catching up with family, speaking to friends, church stuff. Everywhere I go, there's a little picture of me on a screen reflecting back at what I'm doing. And as someone who really only looked in the mirror every day to shave, It feels like I'm giving myself way too much unwarranted attention. James uses this idea of a person looking at their image in a mirror. As a way of people who are reading or receiving the word. Now, the best mirrors at the time that James was writing were made of polished bronze. Corinthian bronze was the best, but they're polished bronze, and people used to use it, as I guess we do, to sort out our hair in the mornings. But I think there are two aspects to what James is trying to get hold of in this. The first is that these people couldn't just glance quickly at their reflection and take it all in. Because the bronze wasn't polished enough to be able to see the image clearly or sharply. For there to be any use in looking in a mirror, you had to look intently in the mirror. You had to stare at it, you had to study it and really take care over fixing your hair. But the second thing is that once you've done all that, once you've spent time looking in the mirror, what's the point of then going away and forgetting it? No point in that at all. If you've spent that long looking, you may as well remember it. And James is saying, it's just stupidity to forget what you've seen straight away. And this is exactly the same as how we need to look at the word. We can't just glance at it and expect to take it in, expect it to transform us. We need to look intently. We need to look carefully. We need to look searchingly. At the word. And when we've looked at it, we need to remember it. And we need to do it. Time and time again, we see as we read scripture, God encouraging his people to remember or to do not forget. Now, this all sounds fine, but looking intently requires hard work. And it's not always clear on first reading what exactly it is God is wanting to say to us through his word. Some people complained to William Faulkner, the, uh, the author, about not being able to understand his novel, The Sound and the Fury. I've not read it, but I've heard it's very complicated. Um, his advice to people who were complaining about it was, read it three times. And I think there's something in that for us. That when we come to receiving and hearing and doing the word of God, read it three times. Read it. Read it again. Read it again. Ask the Holy Spirit, crucially, to come and illuminate it to us. It's going to take effort. It's a big book. It speaks into every area of lives. Of course, we're not going to be able to just glance at it and take it in in a single read. And I'd like to encourage some of you are finding that you've got a lot of additional time at the moment, that your normal things uh, are suspended for now. Some of you don't have additional time, so don't feel bad about that. But if you do have additional time, why not spend it digging into the word, digging into God's word a bit deeper? In our life group, we've spent the last few weeks starting to look through the gospel of Mark, reading it through in advance, thinking about it and then coming together and discussing what it is that God's highlighting to us. I found it great. I hope my life group have too. But dig into the word. But doing the word, this phrase that James says, is all about letting the word shape us. Let me give you an example. Praying during lockdown. I was praying during lockdown for people. I was saying, God, would you be with them during this lockdown, during this coronavirus outbreak? Be with them. What does that even mean? I mean, it says in, in the word, God is with them. His promises say, I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. My praying was, was not really doing anything. And I was challenged to change my prayers. So that instead of be with them, because he already is, change to, may they know that you are with them. May they experience your presence. May they be surrounded by your comfort. May they be filled with your Holy Spirit. That's just a a simple example, but I think it's an example of what it means to do the Word. My praying was shaped by the truth of the Word. Let us all let the Word shape us. And why wouldn't we want to be shaped by the Word? Remember that description that James uses, the perfect law, the law of liberty, Why wouldn't we want to know that? Because by looking intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, we will see God's perfect plan in its fullness and be led into freedom. So Jubilee, let me encourage you to create space to hear well. Create a clean heart, clear out the rubbish to receive the life which flows from him. And allow ourselves to be shaped by the word and do what it says. And do you know what then happens? There's a blessing. The end of that passage I read says, the person who does this will be blessed in what he does. So let's bring on the blessing as we re- hear, receive and do the word. I'd love to pray for us just before I hand back over to uh rob and allison if you've got a bible to hand why don't you pick it up this is god's word to us this is god's message of salvation to us and so i'm going to pray that this is heard received and done by all of us father god we thank you so much that you are we are a people of your word We thank you for your word of truth that you have blessed us with. And, Father, we pray that we would be a people who hear it well, who create the space to listen to what you've got to say to us, that we would be a people whose hearts are clean before you, that we clear out the rubbish so we're able to receive your word, which saves our souls. And, Father, that we would be a people who look intently at your word, We don't glance and then forget, but we stare at it, we study it, and it goes deep into our hearts so that we are shaped by the word and do what it says. Bless each of us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.